talking about immigration, something we've talked about a lot on the show lately, because it's something that's having a pretty profound impact on our country right now. And depending on who you speak to, it's a very good thing, very bad thing. Or, you know what, in reality is there's some good and there's some bad. I mean, it's it's when we're talking about the levels that we're talking about, I mean, just international students. Now, that's not necessarily immigration, but it's it's close to a million people. Um, and then, you know, we've set our goal of about a half a million immigrants every year, and we exceeded that. I think we were pushing close to a million last year. Um, so there are a lot of people that will say um, that's going to put a lot of pressure on some of the things that we talk about all the time being really tight already, namely housing and, and all the rest. But at the same time, we know when you take a look at the labor force and what's going on um, in, in this country right now, the fact that we have a shortage of workers in, in some key areas, namely healthcare, that's one that we always talk about, um, you know, increasing the size of our population there's really only one way that we're capable of doing it in the level that we're talking about needing and that is through immigration so it's a it's a hot topic and like i say there's all kinds of different viewpoints on it uh, we're going to chat now with daniel bernard who is a ceo of the institute for canadian citizenship and recently wrote a piece for the globe and mail on this titled immigrants didn't cause our failings we did that all by ourselves daniel thank you so much for joining us i appreciate your time today Good morning. It's a pleasure to be with you. It really is a hot topic in our country right now, and not surprisingly, right? Because, I mean, it, we're talking about a heck of a lot of people coming here. Well, we are talking about a lot of people coming in. I mean, this is not the largest um, immigration level relative to the population that Canada has seen. The numbers right. were almost double that rate um, in the in the early 20th century. But um, there's definitely been an increase. And I think that this is, for some pundits, um, an easy explanation for why housing is so short, for why healthcare wait times continue to go up. And the reason I wrote that op-ed in the Globe and Mail on Friday was because I think this opinion has been thrown around kind of lazily. And when you actually start to look at the evidence, housing prices and shortages, these are problems that long predate the more recent um, rise in immigration levels. And so we should look at the true causes of these problems. Yeah. Of course, if you add a lot more people, that does complicate things. But that's not the reason, in my view, why a lot of these problems persist in blaming immigrants who, like you said, are probably our only solution yeah. to many of these problems. Blaming those people for the problems themselves is really doubly defeating. So that's what I'm trying to warn against. Yeah, and I think you make a really good point because uh, it, it becomes just sort of, well, this is the, it's causing all these problems. But like you say, um, we've a lot of the problems were there before we started down this path with immigration. You talk about something in the piece called um, prosperity in per capita income terms. And we've talked about this before, which basically is real buying power, right? Um, and so we need to know that that's not changing drastically because of immigration, because I think a lot of people think it is. Well, I think that the main issue with the per capita income when it comes to immigration in particular is that we have a lot of very talented immigrants that are being put into jobs that are below their level of qualification and experience. So if I have someone who should be making $200,000 as a doctor and ends up having to make you know, 
$70,000, for example, as a medical technician because we won't recognize their credentials. And obviously that affects income per person quite dramatically. It also adds to wait times in the hospital because that's one less doctor who will see us. And in the province where I am, in Ontario, for example, um, there are an estimated over 10,000 internationally trained doctors who have passed all of their Canadian medical exams yeah. who are not allowed to work for kind of bureaucratic reasons that are, I, I believe, to be deliberate hurdles. So um, th- these things are all intertwined. If you throw people into food delivery jobs, that's going to depress income per capita significantly. If we are able, however, to allow people to contribute to their full potential, then those numbers start to look up and the experience for all of us looks up. And I just say quickly, this is really the lesson that the challenges that immigrants face in Canada, this is a problem not just for immigrants, it's a problem for everybody. Because if people aren't able to contribute at their full potential, then all of us lose out. And I think that's something that we're kind of missing in this debate about who's in the house and who's not. Right, which is the point you make in the piece is, listen, if we want to make this work and we want to get the best bang for our buck, for lack of a better term, we need to increase what we're doing in terms of productivity. We need to have, uh, the way I envision reading your piece is sort of like you're, you're merging onto the highway. That highway has to be going somewhere, and it has to be moving at a pretty good clip, and people will, you know, be able to keep up. Like we need to have a going concern. Going, you, you go back to you know the last century where that's exactly what happened. When we had far more immigration, they were coming into a system where there was all kinds of really important jobs being done. Absolutely. And I think the challenge with this is that people who say, "Look, we ought to have been better prepared for this population increase," they're of course correct. Um, even without the population increase, it would have been better if we'd built more affordable housing. It would yeah. have been better if we'd built more rental housing. It'd be better if we were better prepared in healthcare for the huge wave of retirements that are upon us. You know, Canada's going to lose 700,000 skilled tradespeople to retirement in the next few years at exactly the time when we need to be building way more yeah. infrastructure. So we are unprepared. Unfortunately, there's no alternative to what we have now. Like, yeah, it would have been better to do it yesterday, but I think at this point, the only way forward is through. And, um, and that's difficult. Um, that's difficult for us. And we put ourselves in a difficult position, but if we want to remain a prosperous country, we can do much worse than having talented people from around the world who want to come here and contribute their skills to our shared success. We shouldn't be poo-pooing this or saying, oh, we're not ready yet. There is no world in which we are ready. They will help us to become ready, and we need to be optimistic and go forward. Okay, what do we need to do, though? Like you say, I mean, there are things that we need to do. We could have done them a couple of years ago. We didn't. So what can we do now to, you know, make this a better situation, like you say, for them and for us? And we all benefit if, if we do this right. What does it look like when we do it right? That's a great question. So I would say it depends, you know, kind of sector by sector. But I think in the two that we're talking about in health uh, care and housing. So in healthcare in particular, I think that we need to have a massive effort to accredit internationally trained healthcare professionals, first of all, who are already here, yeah. tens of thousands of them. And Ontario and Alberta in the nursing area have started to do this with some success, but we need to do this way, way more with doctors and nurses in particular. Uh, and I think the same thing is true in the area of construction. We should start thinking about a kind of Marshall Plan-like effort, which doesn't have to be exclusively through immigration, but where immigration would play a very, very big part to build up our cities, to build, you know, 
a million, two million, you know, new housing units uh, quickly, not quite at China speed, but something like that, definitely faster than Canada speed, um, to show that immigration can be part of the answer, but also to make room for all of us, for us to grow. We want to grow as a country and as a society. Immigration is that capacity that can help us to do that. So I think we need to basically, the short answer to your question, there's an immense amount of talent. A lot of it's here. We need to put it to work at its full potential. That's what immigrants want to do. We just need to let them to let them do that. How do we do it when we take a lot of this falls on the shoulders of government? Is it a massive amount of money from government or is it just stop getting in the way? I mean, it's probably a bit of both, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the accreditation issues in healthcare, in my opinion, are really about money. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a simple way for the government to control the size of the workforce, you know? Um, so I think we need to accept that there need to be more people working in healthcare and that many of those people will be trained outside of the country. And there are, there are plenty of fantastic examples of this from the United States, the United Kingdom, very, you know, countries with advanced medical systems um uh that that we can that we can follow uh so that that i think to some extent is about money and funding um and in the area of construction that's going to be a little bit more complicated about incentives for developers to build and zoning and regulations and stuff like that but the federal government i think could really use its bully capacity and uh the conservative leader um to his credit has talked about this a little bit and the, the 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 liberals as well are beginning to talk about this Maybe they need to play bully ball a little yeah. bit with municipalities. You want some money from for us from housing? We're happy to provide it, but here are the rules. And um, we we need something to change. Um, complexity is not a reason to do nothing. Difficulty is not a reason to do nothing. And we are watching our society decay in real time in front of us. We have all the raw material right in front of us, the human talent, immense human talent, to be able to push through this and to become a prosperous and dynamic society as we've been for for hundreds of years and we've done this for hundreds of years through immigrants who decide to become canadian citizens that's how we built the railroad that's how yeah. we built so many things there was exploitation involved there was a lot that we do not want to repeat don't get me wrong it's not like that was ideal um but the general gist of it is in canada when we've built big things we've typically done it by welcoming people to become canadian as a as as part of that and i think that's been our tradition we got to continue that could be our future as well Makes perfect sense. Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you being here.